Blog Talk Radio. on that a second before I move on to more important things. I think you, oh, yeah. you mentioned this in, in in the full disclosure, but the uh, com- the complaints had nothing to do with Georgia fans or Georgia promotions or anybody from Lariato. The complaints about the um, paragraph in my Lariato story about the percentage of black people that live in Dublin versus the very few black people that actually attended the show. Um, so. I, I mean, when I remember you used to comment about that at the PCW shows because PCW, um, our shows were very different than anybody else's audience in that we had, you know, I'd say 40 to 50% African American, and then we would yeah. also have women in our crowd. And all, were they women? They were women that you would actually want to have. I never felt the need to apologize or feel bad about the fact that we didn't have a bunch of big, fat neck beards in our crowd. In fact, I rather enjoyed that. <laughs> so I think financially, um, you're much better off if you have a huge preponderance of guys who look like they go to, you know, truck pulls and uh, enter pie-eating contests and attend barbecues as a dream sex vacation. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, you were just stating facts, and uh, I'm glad you didn't – there wasn't too much of a ruckus, so I imagine there was a little bit of one. Well, you know, <laughs> my, my sense was it was the typical – and I don't know this for a fact because I don't know who the people were who wrote in. But, um, of course, but I mean, I imagine it's just the usual kind of thing where a few people get on social media and, and take something out of context and – decide that it's that it's racist in this case is what they decided that it was a, a backhanded racist remark Comment. i always love it so. um and it's good uh it means that people are still uh people are aware 
um, and are looking out, which is a good thing. But of course, people are not able to always have the best discernment or judgment. Um, but then that's what assholes like me are for. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, uh, I appreciated your uh, full disclosure talking about. Uh, I don't. Did you use the word mercenary promotion? I don't remember if that's how you phrased it, but um, yes. Yeah, yeah. There, that I think you know. I thought the analogy between um, uh, Rampage and Southern Honor is is a good one in in, in that sense. Um, it, it fits. So, I would, you uh, know, that, that 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 phrase really seemed to stick with people. I had a dis- discussions with more than one person talking about mercenary promotions versus not mercenary promotions. A couple of uh, particularly younger wrestlers. It said that term was revelatory to them that they never thought of promotions that way. And, you know, it's a good way to look at it. I mean, if anarchy, not a, not a mercenary promotion, I mean, where would they have been if they would have had to pay what mercenary promotions have to pay? Out of right. Business. But they would have been out of business. They just, they would have never been able to keep going. And the focus is different. And I get that too. And ultimately the goal of a promotion, if it is to make money, then mercenary promotions, I'll be honest, are the way to go, right? Um, In a lot of ways. But at the same time, the value of what you get out of being there is far different. And subsequently the relationship between the promoter, booker, and talent is very, very different also. That's something I'll probably go into much more into an, in another video because it seemed like it really struck a nerve uh, with people. And folks, if you don't know what what the hell we're talking about, check out Full Disclosure seventy six, where Mr. Platinum expounds in this topic. Hey, I, there's a there's a burning question I want to ask you, but before we do that, I did want to mention one thing about some uh, uh, an, uh, an observation about the uh, statistics on Georgia wrestling history that kind of been jumping out at me that. Um, in terms of like the interest levels in different promotions, um, clearly th- that Southern Honor number one, in terms of people wanting to read Rob Rod's report of that show, most most views in, in a while, uh, Southern Fried clearly second, but beyond that, incredibly evenly split between the rest. You know, we had five, what, five different reports this weekend. They were within, yeah. like, in the, the number of views both on Facebook and on the site itself, neck and neck between all five. I just thought that was interesting how evenly split it is among everyone else. Do you, would you say based on that, those statistics, and I know it's a kind of a limited group, but sure. would sure. you say that the, the people who – like kind of it was almost evenly distributed between the five let's right. say does that does that indicate to you that what however many people that was that um was the same people who read everything basically that's your core group of people who probably read everything on georgia wrestling history that's that's kind of what i what i thought and i also think that of course action has a different audience so to speak on the internet than the other promotions because they have a bigger reach outside the state than the others that that we're talking about here so that's not really a fair comparison with them and then the other thing that's inescapable is when i i just was i just looked back at the general view pattern um over the last you know 2019 versus 2020 it is so striking how interest level dropped 
when the pandemic started and has not returned back to the level it was at. Mm. Just, just general. I would, I, I would imagine that that's going to heat up once we get closer to awards time, assuming we're doing an awards, um, and assuming that groups are running back on the regular. It feels mm-hmm. like October is going to be the start of anarchy running again. Um, you know, by the end of the year, I know AWE is going to do show of the year, are they not, on the 26th or 27th of December. That would be the only show that they're going to do until the end of the year, but that, that's coming up. And so I just figure the more and more people get involved, and plus, you know, on the national level, like AWE is getting bigger. SmackDown has definitely righted the ship. Audience goes, and people's take on the show. Um, only Raw seems to be suffering. I am curious to see the number from last night because it was not a good show, and that coupled with the fact of going up against two NFL games, one of which I'm yeah. sure was very, very had a lot of eyeballs on it. Um, that not, Steelers yeah. game, I would imagine, had a lot of eyeballs. So it does not bode well. No. I would. I'm. I'm curious whether they're going to hit 1.4 million or below. If mm-hmm. that happens. I think that definitely, I mean, that is a broadside and that ship's taken on water for sure. But I, I do think you make a good point about Georgia, you know, um, you know, accepting Peach State, accepting Viral, everybody else is pretty is going to be back pretty much full schedule for these last few months. So, yeah. maybe, you know, we'll see how how that all plays out. But my, my question to you was goes was to about AEW having kind of a, not kind of, a string of, you know, subpar shows. I didn't think that yeah. pay-per-view was, was, was very good. So forget no. Matt Hardy. I just thought it was too long and there was not a lot of great stuff on there. And then the last t- two TV shows haven't been that thrilling to me either. If, if you, if you uh, accept my premise for a second, what would you be doing to try to right the ship for uh, AEW at this point going into the show tomorrow night? It's like being an alcoholic, Larry, or a drug addict. And the first thing AEW had to do is to admit that they have a problem. And now that may be a problem because, again, the last Dynamite got the highest ratings that they've gotten in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, the, the, and you know what the, the biggest, uh, the most viewed segment was on that Dynamite? I do not. It was the, it was the tag match with Jericho and Hager against Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. Oh, Wow. Which, which, which means, I mean, a lot of this rating is star-driven. Their highest segments are with Moxley and with Jericho. That's undeniable. And that's a, that's a blessing and a curse. The blessing part is Moxley's work has been incredibly good. The curse is Jericho's has been incredibly shitty. And so you have an increased audience which a lot of them might be people who are checking out AEW for the first time or the first time in a long time. And they're seeing stuff that's not good. That's why I say they have to admit that they have a problem because if they just see things in terms of, yeah, but we got an over a hundred thousand buy rate for that show. That's true, but that has nothing to do with the quality of the show. And just because a lot of people are watching your show, doesn't mean it's not a shitty show. Um, The highest ratings, that occurred for WWF then and for WCW happened 
so the most people possible witnessed crappy television and it precipitated their fall. And AEW's in danger of that because they're not telling great stories. Um, it seems like the problems that they're having exacerbate. And when things aren't going well, I was talking about this earlier with a friend of mine, the, the real danger is when the show structure is not good, that's when little things fall through the cracks, which lead to big problems. Meaning if you're not, if you don't have a plan in place, then stuff happens like what happened to Hardy. He bangs his head. He's knocked out for 45 seconds. It shouldn't have even been a thought of what to do. But no. the fact is they didn't have a plan. And you could tell they didn't have a plan. And then they started worrying about shit that doesn't matter instead of the stuff that does matter. They started worrying about I, this is the this is their thought process. Their thought process was I hope Hardy's okay. And then Hardy starts going, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then they started thinking, well, we have this whole other stunt we have to do. Instead of thinking, fuck this, um, let's just go on to the next thing and make sure Hardy's okay. Yeah, like, they're let's not make sure willing he's to cut. Okay. And we can, we can come Everything back to this. Everything feels too urgent because they yeah. don't have a plan and they don't have a long-term plan. Their long-term plan is we'll keep winning. Um, but the problem with that plan is, I mean, they have a bloated roster. I mean, they have enviable problems in one way, but in some ways they're, they're, they're in really dangerous problems. They have way too big of a roster, well, way it, too big. It, what you just said, I just need to interrupt for just a second. That yeah. Miro introduction last week was atrocious. What were they yes. thinking? With you that? know what they were thinking, Larry? Here's what they were thinking. And this is this shows the kind of dangerous mentality AEW's in. Um, what do we call Miro? Let's call him the best man because he's the best man. Oh, oh, like best man at a wedding? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a thing where he's best man at a wedding. And there was nobody to say no. There was nobody to say that's shit. They need someone <laughs> there to go. That's shit. You don't I, – I, I used to make fun of Impact. Um, whenever Impact made a big move, whenever they did something like they're like, we're going we're gonna to freshen up our look, um, I would always say you always know when Impact has changed management or they've decided to go in a quote-unquote new direction because their logo always looks like the first one that was presented to them by the <laughs> graphics guy, and then they just went, yes. And the graphics guy went, oh, no, this is just the, this is just the prototype. Like, I can change it any way you want. They went, no, 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 it's fine, go. That, everything Impact did looked low rent. And AEW is sort of in danger of that from a booking and storytelling standpoint. Of every idea that crosses their top talent's heads, they go with. And then they jump, and then they figure out how to land on the way down. And sometimes that makes for great television, right? It makes for great promos when you don't write it out for the guy. But the danger that you face is, I mean, sometimes things crash and burn. And right now, AEW, is, it's, it's a lack of complexity with their booking, a lack of nuance, and feeling like 
they're doing good because the ratings are good. And what they don't know or don't remember is what wrestling has always told us is wrestling fans lag. And meaning, if your show is shit, it takes them a few months to give up on you. And if your yeah. show is good, it takes them a few months to catch you. You know, SmackDown is the exception where SmackDown ratings went up immediately once they started getting better. Uh, but a lot of that was because of the big splash of Roman Reigns. And by the way, who's booking Roman Reigns stuff right now? Yeah. Paul fucking <laughs> Heyman. Right. And it's so clear that Heyman is in control of it. And it's equally clear that Raw is in danger. It just feels like so many things get get lost in the shuffle. Like, why are we doing this? There's Right now, they're doing something that I think is really dangerous, which is they set up angles or explain them through being the elite. I know. Being I know. the elite, just just so I can know what the fuck is going on. Like, do you know why the Bucks super kicked Alex Marvez? It was explained on being the elite. Larry, 200,000 people watch being the elite. I know. I mean, why are you, why would you, but again, it's because they're equating everything in their world. This equals that, and this equals that, and, and it's like not all equal. Dynamite's your show. And you, you use dynamite to help the other shows, not vice versa. And again, I just, you know, what's the phrase I always use with AWE? It's adults in the room. Yeah. I feel like they need somebody there, not necessarily a booker, but somebody to go, what about this? To, To just get them thinking in a different way, because you have a bunch of guys that are really thinking the same way. And that's the most dangerous thing of all. That's the problem you have on raw is you've got, Vince McMahon, and you've got Bruce Pritchard, who's just there to make Vince McMahon happy. And what they need is yeah. a guy who, to go, who, no. Who's, you know, like, who's the devil's advocate, you know, and saying, well, yeah. wait a minute. Uh, what, you know, what, what about this? What about this? What about that? You know, yeah. You know, fine-tuning. And they're more. so far away. I mean, when you're finally tuning a thing, and I know we've got to bring Ryan Staples on here in a second, but at your best, when a, when a group is really humming, and I'll say this, there is not a single wrestling group that I think qualifies. When your group is really running, you have a bunch of people throwing in ideas. One person who's got the vision of, in a perfect world, you've got, um, I read this in a book, always have a joker in your deck, meaning somebody who thinks completely differently than everybody else who will once in a while chime in with a crazy idea because once you're, once you've really got a foundational thing and the show's running well to have somebody come in there and then have a completely out of the box idea is really great. I mean, right now, the one wrestling group that's trying something really different. I can't believe I'm saying this, Larry, are you ready? I'm ready. It's ring of honor. Ring of honor. They're the ones who now they've gone to this pure sports format and, and they're doing this tournament where there's like very strict rules and Dalton hey. Castle's not being like Dalton Castle. Now we can say, Oh, that's terrible. But you know what it is? It's different. And that's I, right. I think they've had no niche. Yeah. They've had, they have had nothing special about them. If they can find Correct. a place 
yeah. where there's something. Yeah, if they can do that, all more power to them. Yeah. Well, so, uh, and 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 a AEW, I, it should be disastrous that I'm saying Ring of Honor is doing the most interesting risky television. That's horrible. That should never be. No. <laughs> no. no. Hey, we're, we we got, we got him in the green room now. Yes, sir. Uh, this is an interview we've been wanting to do for a while, and an interview that he's been wanting to do, and we're glad to have him with us on the show tonight. Remarkable Ryan Staples, welcome to the Tipping Point. Uh, thank you for having me. I really sure do appreciate enough. it. Sure enough. Yes, sir. So, so Ryan, I'll start. Let me start with the easy step off the jump. Um, so, does uh, TAP? They have a show this weekend, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. Tell us what's going on on that show. Uh, this show coming up, we have Junior Mason and uh, Tyler Garrison for the Tap Heavyweight Championship. We have uh, Northern Light versus Sweet Daddy and Hogan for the Tap Tag Team titles. We have State of Emergency. Uh, versus, think who is that? Now my own card. Now that's sad. But those for the OSWA tag team titles. Uh, we have Billy Star on card. Of course, me, Bobby Popham. Uh, it's gonna be a a great show. I can definitely say that it, it is definitely gonna be a great show. Oh, I'm sorry, I got it. It's uh Nelms Brothers. Versus State of Emergency for the OWA yeah. Tag Team Titles. Yeah. So, what is the relationship right now between Total Aggression Pro and OSWA? Obviously, you're there at Popham's Gym. That's kind of home base now. What's the theory? Yeah. Are the two groups going to go to war with each other? Are they working together? What's the What's going on there? Um, as far as I know, uh, it's going to be the same thing that happened with NCW. Uh, everything is just going to fall right into uh, Total Aggression Pro. Um, there's no war going on. Uh, actually, I, I came to Bobby. This is a closed conversation, but uh, I came to Bobby, uh, I think it was last year, but months before, uh, even having interest in buying uh, OSWA and uh, rerunning it. But uh, as we see, it's going a different route, so... Uh, I can't wait to see what actually goes forward with all of this. Well, well, Ryan, where does where does this leave you for this Friday night? I mean, we we all you know part of the basis for this interview is the, this whole business of was there going to be a Black Lives Matter angle and were you going to be carrying a Black Lives Matter flag and so forth? Can you shed some light on? You know your your role or lack thereof in in such a thing, and, and clarify some things for us about that. Yes, sir. I, I definitely can. Uh, what happened was that I had just got out of a tag match. I had tremendous heat, insulted some kids. You know, normal normal heel stuff. Uh, David really enjoyed what I was doing, uh, and he just shot an idea. That's an idea. We were just in the heat of the moment. You know, it was like, oh, man, that was great hill stuff, blah, 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 blah. What do you think about this idea? I was like, all right, cool. So let me think about it, blah, blah, blah. After the show, uh, I had to sneak out of there because of the amount of heat I got. 
uh, got to the car, was talking to my wife about it. Uh, you know, she got on me about it, and then I received a message uh, from the guy that, you know, started basically all of this. Um, and I was still coming down from my adrenaline and everything, and I was still tired, and I was like, you know, I'm contemplating about it. Now, you know, I'm not going to do it, but, you know, it's just some thought, you know, and that was really it. I didn't know it was going to be blown out of proportion. I never thought of it as, you know, a, a racist thing or whatever, I just as an idea. At the same time, yes, it's wrong, you know, to, to have an idea like that, especially in these times like that. But, you know, it was something, you know, different, out of the box, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I, I just couldn't I can't say I can't be mad at him, but he was just shooting an idea, you know, aiming in the dark, basically, about it. So, I'm, go ahead. Well, Larry, sorry, like, like when when I first heard about it and I, I told Larry about it, Larry's reaction was they should do it, right? <laughs> like, Larry was like, sure, you know, it'll get heat and da-da-da-da-da which was actually my attitude, too. Um, but I just found it strange that Garrison lied about the fact that he well, – I, I, that's the part I didn't get at all. Do you have any idea why he, why he said that never happened? I mean, that 40-minute video was spent going, oh, it's so fake news and blah, 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 and just going on and on and on about how he didn't do it, and then your girlfriend busted him, right? Like, no, you proposed that, and then he – immediately said, yeah, I proposed it. <laughs> I don't, why do you think he ran away from the fact that he came up with this idea? Because it was, it's just an idea. It's a wrestling angle, right? Right. Yes, that, that's all it was. Uh, I really think it was just more, it was trying to be a closed-in idea. You know, let, let's face it, David is not a typical PC person. He, you know, he's not going to be politically correct 100% of the time. So we, I, I think he was just really basing it as, you know, it's just a closed idea. We're just shooting this out there. Bam, bam, you know, just let me know what you think. Um, I'm pretty sure when all this came out, he was feeling nervous and all this and that. So he was trying to take some of the heat and pressure. Um, but this is the reason why, you know, me and Nelms encouraged him to, uh, at least talk about it so that way I don't look like, you know, I'm I'm defending him and the whole uh, TAPW and all this and that. Um, I didn't know about it until I came to him about the, the idea, and he's guided me through uh, pretty well. So it was just, a, a, I guess, a shock factor in all of it, and he didn't know how to handle it at the time. The, gotcha. the thing that surprised me about it was that, to me, the thing that I, I thought he might, would have been nervous about was publicly saying, we need a few Kyles in there with some ARs. Yeah. That that was the thing that was like, you know, uh, a wrestling promoter, just putting that out there publicly um, and not putting it out there like it's a joke. Um, right. Uh, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's troubling. <laughs> Yeah, I can understand that, and it's, you know, part of David. It's something that I've come to learn because I'm originally from Chicago, 
right? And, and Me too. Moving, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, moving down to the south is, is completely different. As my mom would say, you know, people up north will smile in your face and stab you in the back. But at least down here, you know, they'll they'll tell you in your face. So at least I know who David Garrison is. I know what his opinion is and how he views politics and all this and that. Um, for me, I just try to I just try to stay out of it. Uh, you know, I've I've been in the business for 12 years. Uh, was trained in Texas by my father and Rufus Lala. Uh, also mentored and trained by Mr. Mexico George de Isla, and mentored by Chavo Senior uh, before he died. So, I mean, I, I, I can produce names, I can do all this and that, but I really don't want to be in the politics. I've seen my dad do it with, with TCW and all this and that. I helped the start TCW, ran music, refereed, set up, take down, everything. So I, I just try to stay out of politics and just do my job and make the fans happy, make the promoter happy, make the booker happy, and let's just take it home. Definitely. Do you do you consider David Garrison to be a racist? Oh no, no, no. If that was the case, you know, me and Josh Bronner, my my tag team partner at uh, SWA, and we also tagged up at OSWA. You know, uh, even at OSWA, when we were managed by David Garrison, me and Josh were the biggest heels, and we were wearing freaking Confederate flags. You know, that, that was the thing. Like, we got over as bad guys wearing Confederate flags. It was uh, amazing. And we were also scheduled. We had bookings lined up for uh, Georgia Premier at the time. But uh, my tag team partner just couldn't make the date. But, I mean, if it, if it was for sure, you know, me, my tag partner, Jackson Carter, even Gentry, we, we wouldn't be there. You know, we, we – we would take a stand at a certain point. There's a certain point that you just can't pass and expect mm-hmm. people to still be there. Okay. Okay. Asked and answered. You know, uh, well, let's jump from one controversy to another. You, you mentioned your, your dad, Mr. B, the, um, who was the promoter at TCW in Texas. And there was this story that came out a few months back uh, that, he, the, that he was praying or had in the past prayed on underage girls. Um, and then you were you got in, embroiled in that at least briefly with some things you posted. Can you clarify your stance and position and what what all went down there? All right, so uh, I get a t- uh, call from a uh, fellow Georgia wrestler. It was like, "Hey, did you see the stuff about your dad?" And I was like, "I was so confused." Get off the phone with him, look it up, and then I started getting phone calls from my family. Um, we're just trying to figure this out. It's not just on me, it's my sister and my dad's former tag team partner who put money into starting up uh, TCWs. We shut down the uh, fan page and all that and was trying to put the company in my name, which was always the plan for even TCW. It was supposed to be passed down like a Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, you know, type thing. Um, so that that was always the deal. We were trying to get it over to me, you know, for me to try to bring TCW out here to Georgia, but just rename it. Keep TCW, but just rename it. Something completely different. I don't know. I didn't have that idea at the time. So that was the plan. 
then I find out that my dad is also in a partnership with somebody else who basically had majority of control of the company. That upset me. And I had to call wrestlers and see if they were still willing to even, before I even found out about the partnership, to even still work for TCW. So I'm frantically making these calls, trying to save wrestlers, trying to save talent, all this and that. And then uh, I see the Jordan Grace incident, and me and Jordan Grace dated years ago. Uh, we first started training together and all this and that, and uh, we made a promise to each other to, you know, try to at least wrestle with each other once after we got professionally trained. So I guess there was some hard feelings because that's never happened. Um, and then I saw what she wrote, and, you know, my my blood was already boiling that day, and I, I said some things that I shouldn't have. And, uh, you know, all her fans jumped on me and this and that, and I was trying to tell them I'm not defending my dad's actions by no means. And I understand that I put my foot in my mouth. And I try not to put my foot in my mouth, but sometimes it comes out that way. But I I sent her a personal message. I apologize to her. Whether she read it or not, I do not know. I apologize mm-hmm. to her mother. And her mother had a very deep conversation. Uh, and I apologize to her deeply. And I also apologize to Jordan Grace's sister. Um, so I, that's her whole family. Uh, her dad's not around. But I apologize to her whole family and to her personally to overcome uh, everything. I was upset. You know, I I said some hurtful things. The company was supposed to be mine. It was supposed to be a family thing. And now TCW is no more. It's ruined, you know, all this and that. So I just wanted to clear that and also the fact that it wasn't me on the the burner account. Um, I said what I had to say uh, the the initial time, and and that was it. I was too busy because I was being bombarded. You know, I mean, literally bombarded by her fans and just kind of, I was too busy doing that. So whoever set up that burner account and was just trashing her, mm-hmm. that was completely wrong. I do not know who did that. It, that wasn't me. I would never do that to her. But like I said, I apologize to her and her family deeply from the bottom of my heart. So I hope companies, you know, people that are hearing this can please, you know, book me <laughs> and not just hold this against me and not, you know, keep me out of the locker room because some companies are doing that over that one incident. incident. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you being, you know, so forthright and clarifying this. Where, if you don't mind me asking, how, what's what's your relationship with your dad at this point? Um, We're, we're okay. Um, I just helped my mom move from California to Texas. Five days on the road, and I was trying to see him while I went to Texas. Uh, didn't get the chance. He was busy. Uh, me and my mom had the trailer. So uh, just missed timing, but we're we're okay. Um, he's just staying low profile right now, which is good for him. Um, he's trying to get back into help groups and all this and that. So I'm actually very proud of him. Um, it seemed like this shook him and woke him up, so... Uh, he he's doing good actually, so it's a good thing. Well, cool man. We appreciate you coming on. I know not easy stuff to talk about, but uh, we appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? Uh, no. I just thank you guys for you know letting me clear the air. Uh, as you see, I'm very professional. Um, 
after being in the business for 12 years. <laughs> that, that's all I can ask. I'm, I'm stuck in the bubble, so hopefully I can get out there and get booked more, and hopefully this can this can help and just clear the air so everything just settle down. Cool, man. Well, thank you, Ryan, for coming on. Best of luck with the thank show you. this weekend. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And best of luck of y'all. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Larry, I did. I really didn't want to leave Chip waiting, which is one of the reasons that I rushed him. Plus, you, man, Larry, you really carried that interview. You asked all the stuff that needed to be asked. That was fantastic. Well, uh, you know, he was, and he, uh, he answered everything that was asked, straightforward. Yeah. You know, so got to hand it to him on that. Um, cool. I'm looking for Mr. Chip. I don't see him in the green room. Let's see what's going on here. If Chip's not available yet, I got I got something we could talk about for sure. So. Okay, well, we may want to talk because we'll see if uh, he calls in here momentarily, but he's not on the line at this point. Okay, well, I something about it, it's always a tough question, right? Do you think so-and-so is racist? It's such a charged word, especially nowadays, I think. People have different interpretations of what that word means. That's for sure. It's one of those. It's, <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those words that should seem, uh, excuse the pun, black and white, um, but it's but it rarely is. I mean, I, you know, people have asked me like, so do you really think David Garrison's a racist? Or to other people, it just seems self-evident that he is. I wouldn't go so far. I can't, as the cliche goes, I can't see into the man's heart. I can only yeah. know based on interactions that I've had with him or people that I know have had with him, stuff that he used to yell from the crowd at Landmark Arena, um, you know, which I would consider out of bounds. And I think I would guess any number of black wrestlers and otherwise would consider out of bounds, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it is what it is. It's all done. And it's, but at the end of the day, I mean, Ryan said more than once, you know, I've been in wrestling for 12 years. I've been wrestling for 12 years. But there's just a distinction between mercenary shows and shows that are not mercenary shows. I think there's a distinction between shows that, I mean, uh, I'll just use this phrase. I mean, there's, there's real shows and there's shitbird shows. And one of the things that will help you get booked on real shows is to not be an active participant on shitbird shows. I think people understand that you have to get your start somewhere, but if there's this notion that, boy, once you get on the better shows, your job is to stay on that level of show and move up, not to sort of wallow in the shows that don't matter as much. And people can say that's elitist, but it comes down to really respecting your art Community theater is community theater, but once you work for a real theater, if you go back and work for theater, it's considered a step down. The goal is to not continue to do community theater. The goal is to get to a real theater and then get to big theaters in New York. That's the order, right? And a lot of problems come up when we just go, well, 
yeah, it's all the same. That's why I always fight tooth and nail and people hate me for it. But I'm never going to sit there and say OSWA is the same as anarchy. It's not. I'm not going to say some, you know, some group of six letters in bumfuck Georgia is the same as Southern Honor. It's not. And I, I will, I will, you know, I'll fight for that forever because we, it's shit like that that happens in the shitbird groups. <laughs> I mean, it is, you know. Uh, I mean, I've never run away from, did you book Dwight Power? Did you come up with Dwight Power? Yes. And I can intelligently articulate why. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the difference to me. It's a clear difference. And I think a lot of the problems that TAP runs into is because they do shitbird things. And that's a big part of the issue that I think shouldn't be overlooked. It, you know, and uh, back to what you're saying about the, uh, the that my first reaction to the Black Lives Matter angle was to, to run it. But my I guess my hesitation about it would be there's probably a, a nuanced way of doing it that could be entertaining, interesting, and thought-provoking, but that probably would not happen at Total Aggression Pro. No. It's, it's like, this is going to seem like a crazy example, but that's what I do. Remember when Impact had Orlando Jordan, and yeah. they were running where he was bisexual, which he really was, Yeah. and all of that. And when I saw that angle... The first thing I thought was, this angle in and of itself is not bad. It's just impact is not mature enough to run it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're incapable with who they have making decisions, meaning like Russo and company. They're incapable of running this gimmick and getting anything out of it of value. And that's how I would feel about, would you put it this way, Larry, to, to pat myself on the back? If we did a Black Lives Matters angle at PCW, do you think there's a chance it could have been pulled off incredibly well? I would Talking give that course. a pretty good, a pretty good chance of being yes. those those things entertaining, thought provoking. Yes, yes. And I mean, in my mind immediately, as soon as I said that out loud, my mind started churning on what I would do because the obvious thing would be, oh, we'll have the Concrete Gorillas do it. But I thought more interesting would be somebody else doing it and then the concrete gorillas attacking them for it. There you go. Because yeah. they, and, and, and all of a sudden, it's a more nuanced take, right? All of a sudden, it's, it's Ali versus Liston. And, you know, just, again, but it, those kind of things need to be in the hands. I mean, because it's very easy to look at David Garrison doing it and going, well, so they're going to have the Black Lives Matters flag carried by their heel by their top heel. So who's the baby face? Is it the Confederate flag wearing Jacob Ashworth? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was demeaning to their audience of who they thought their audience was. And again, I just don't think that they're good enough to carry the angle. That's, I mean, that's just what it boils down to because I've never seen evidence that they would. So. Interesting. Well, was there something else you were going to ask me, or was that it? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. I, um, if, if Chip isn't on board yet, I would actually like to talk about Chip Day a little bit. Just just talk about him behind his back, huh? 
Yeah. No, I'm sure he's listening. Um, because it's it's positive. Um, okay. Larry, I have a I have a really tough question for you. Is oh, Chip um, Day? Oh. I'm sorry, I got distracted there. Um, Chip is saying he got he got stuck at on something at work. Oh, okay. Well, okay, but so go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So Chip, to me, um, I was really interested in talking to him, and a big reason I was interested in talking to Chip was it's got to be tough for him right now in many ways, right? Um, I'll just be blunt. Let me just say this. Um, right now is a great time in Georgia wrestling in general because at a time where everybody else is at a standstill, you have guys who are getting shots at AEW, uh, I mean, like, Suge showed up in Raw Underground last night, like, and then a bunch of people I know in Florida are getting stuff on the regular with WWE and AEW, and in that way, it's the salad games, and it naturally begs the question, where's Chip, right? Yeah. And it's got to be hard, because there are guys, I'll just be blind, there's guys with way less talent than Chip motherfucking day who are getting seen. Now, this is not an indictment. This is not me saying, AEW needs to get on their, off their ass and get, like, it is what it is. And there's a million factors that go into these guys getting these shots, right? But if you're Chip Day, Larry, um, I, and I mean, I'm not even going to belabor the point about his weight that he's carrying and that kind of thing. I know he's very sensitive about that. And to me, that's not even part of the point. It, it really comes down to, Fuck. I mean, at what point, and Chip has made that frustration part of his persona, which yeah. works. But is it, what's your gut, Larry? Is he better off going the direction that he's going, or does he need to make a hard left? You know what I mean? Is it, what's the best way to go? Because I don't, I don't really think there's a precedent for it. And it's tough because Chip, I mean, nobody would doubt that he's a great wrestler. No one would doubt that he's the, and he wrestles a style that is, that is very conducive to what the big leagues do right now, especially AEW. And we're at a time where looks matter a lot less than have. And Chip, while his body is not where you would necessarily want it to be, he's definitely got a look in his face where he's a handsome guy. Like, Chip looks distinct, you know what I mean? He's not just a vanilla whatever. And so what's the answer? Do you have any thoughts on that? Is it well, staying the course? Well, I would say or... because, he, because he is so talented in the ring, there's, it's something else that's not working. So maybe the the hard left in the character is worth a shot because he's got the skills like few others have. So maybe it's maybe it's a different character uh, a different character direction. I not that I could say what that should be, but maybe maybe that's it. I I will say this. Right now the hot hand in Georgia is Joe Black, right? Yeah. And yeah. somebody told me about a, a promo that Joe, Joe Black just cut and I checked it out. And you know what? And it was about making his match with Corey Hollis mean more. And it absolutely did that. If, if I had one bit of advice to give Chip, 
it would be cut fucking promos and cut them all the time. Because I think people need to see Chip beyond the really talented guy that maybe should have got a shot and isn't. I think he needs to go out of his way to show all the ways that he is superior, not just counting on wrestling matches. He is not doing shows until late December. So now Chip is getting out and about more. You know, and he's a good promo. I'm Black is an uh, apt comparison in in this in the sense that Black is expanding his abilities in promos and rounding himself out more in in in, in what he's doing promo wise. So he's he's growing. Um, and yeah, I I certainly think that's that would be the growth area for for Chip, particularly now. Yeah, because to me it's just a matter of you got to show him, you got to show him, you got to show him. Maybe it's well, not fair, but but that's what you got to do, right? And that goes for Slim Jane and and the number of guys who are infinitely talented. If if I had way in one of the bigs, these are all guys I would be giving shots to, right? So see, and it sounds unfair because if Brian Staples has twelve years in, how many years does Chip have in? And those are good years, you know, where Chip was like working on top, working like you know huge different array of talent. Um, he, remember the match he, he had with Trevor Lee that set the wrestling world on fire? Oh, I mean, so it's just love like, that match. Yeah. It, it feels unfair to be asking that of Chip, but I just don't want him to be fucking 40 and going, shit, you know, like, and Chip can talk and he can do all this shit. I just want to see it, you know. I just, I just really want him to show it all. So... See, and that's part of uh, my interest, and in, in one of the things that I'm interested in talking to, to Chip about is this fact that he's a young guy, but more than 15 years in. That he's this yeah. un, in this unusual bridge position between the guys from the um, early 2000s to 2020. Um it's a unique position in, in Georgia wrestling that he sits in. Well, hopefully, hopefully we get to ask him these things. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, he's not here to answer or, I guess, defend himself. I will say this, too. If, from, from an outsider's standpoint, looking in, and Chip's the guy who obviously I believed in early, right? Like when, you know, it was, his name was thrown at me, it's like, I needed, I mean, I remember, it, like it was yesterday, I told Simon Sermon, like, I need, this is in, in the very early days of PCW, like Chip Day was in Sacred Ground, he was in the Battle Royal at the first Sacred Ground, you know, like he's been there since the beginning, right, and I, I mean, I remember going to Simon, like, I need a mid-card white meat baby face who I can book into a better position as he grows. I want somebody who still has potential. And Simon Sermon threw his name out right away. He's like, Chip is a guy, he gets booked, and he gets booked okay, but I would love to see him actually put in angles that mattered where he wasn't part of a group. And I said, yeah, I'm in. And, you know, that first match did not go well because I was like, bring in whoever you want, and they're going to job for you. I really want you to just show your stuff. And so he brought in um, 
fucking zombie dragon, Montez, with him, who I started mm-hmm. using Montez as well. But he put Montez in the Campus Strike Force gear and then had a 50-50 match with him. Yeah. And then I dressed him up and down and said, no, 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 you don't get it. Like, this is, you, like, this is about you. And he, I had to, I had to, like, get him into that mentality of, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm booking you as a winner. Like, and he learned so fast, and he was PCW champion, and he was the only heel to win the title at fucking Ticker Ground. All this great shit, right? But here's my thing about Chip. I think he thinks too local. Larry, I think he gets so mired in what's going on at AWE and things locally and all that kind of shit. Like he should be beyond it. I mean, he should be, he should be wrestling, not just in other States, which he's done. I mean, he should be, I'm getting into AEW. What do I have to do? And every decision he should make, should be based on getting himself to one of the big leagues. And he really put his heart and soul into AWE, and then we, we, you know, we know how that's how that's gone, and now how it is now when they just seem to be building some momentum and momentum, and then the COVID hits, and yeah. there you are. So yeah, because he is—he's mm-hmm. super talented. I mean, he's been wrestler of the year. I don't think anybody who's being honest would never deny the fact that he's fucking talented. And from what I've heard in his personal life, he's really happy. Uh, Chip and I mended fences, so now we're friends with each other on Facebook again and all that good happy horse shit. Um, but I do feel like it's so funny because he is young, but I feel like this window, we are in a horn of plenty right now, and I don't think the guys even realize it, Larry. Sooner or later, that AEW spigot is going to turn the fuck off. Sooner or later, the WWE only running shows in Florida thing is going to turn off. The guys need to act fucking now. They need to act now because it's never going to be like this again. It's never going to be like this again. This is their chance. They need guys desperately, Larry. Well, anybody who's been around this for a while knows how quickly it can turn, how quickly it can change. Like you're saying, yeah. from you know, land of plenty to like dying to get an opportunity. Yeah. Now there's so. a good chance AEW will continue to run out of Florida because and that kind of thing. But like, at what point does the rest of the country get alienated if you're not going out there? I think people are well, being tolerant right now, but at some point you got to get out to other places. You just do, you know. And, um, I don't know. Yeah, like, you know, Georgia had the inside track on the um, AEW Dark, but they don't anymore. I mean, we've got a couple, you know, Griff's on there tonight, Danny Jordan's on there now. But, you know, clearly they're expanding and getting people coming in for looks from all over the place now. Not, there's no, you know, that's over as far as Georgia having the the market cornered there. Yeah. So, uh, I, again, I would, since it's mostly industry people who listen to this, I would just beg any of the wrestlers who are listening to this, fucking press now. Push now. Put up, put out content now. There's no harm in it. Why are you going to let other people and what they think hold you back? If you cut a promo on your fucking iPhone and put it up, so what? Like, do it. Because, 
are you going to take advice from people who are doing nothing? <laughs> like, fucking make your, I mean, just hold my beer hands and not show the power of just being aggressive about your promo shit. Now, we can go back and forth about his ring work, but, but the, the simple yeah. fact of his, like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to get on these shows, and he, he's gotten on all of them. Yeah, he's and, gotten where he is through aggressive self-promotion. It's, he's been great yeah. at it. And a great well, fucking attitude, right? Yes, so. yes. On that note, let's let's wrap it up and come back in two weeks and see what we see what we have then. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to try to get a hold of. I mean, it's going to be harder now more than ever. I would imagine. I'm going to try to get a hold of uh, Thunder Rosa for us again. So, I'm oh. going to email her and send her a text and see what's going on. I mean, obviously she's. Red, red Hot and Mission Pro is about to do their thing as well, but uh, you know, and say we don't know how to call them. <laughs> yeah, that might say my, we don't uh, know how to pick them. <laughs> my night would be made if we can get if you can pull that interview off. That'd be wonderful. Absolutely. Well, Larry, well, thank you so much. And thank thank you. you to our guest Ryan Staples for coming on and putting his feet to the fire, both feet <laughs> to the fire. Um, Larry, are you going to show this weekend? I am head. Yes, I am. I'm, I, I take it back. I'm going. I'm doing Southern Fried uh, Saturday night. Then I'm heading to Chicago for the week. But I'm going to be at Southern Fried Saturday night. Uh, the way things are looking. Nice. Well, that's great. Um, anyway, for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Tipping. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.